following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Helmet. Let's rock. Coming to you live on tape with the snap for this Thursday, April 13th, 2023. It is a glorious day in the NFL, specifically for Washington Commanders fans, Redskins fans, football team fans, whatever the hell you're calling yourselves nowadays. It is a tremendous day for them. I said the NFL, I don't really give a shit, but... For the Washington football fans, it is big because the great Dan Schneider, the monster that has just been stomping around NFL parts for 24 years, I think it is, is finally out the door. He is gone. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. He is finally out the goddamn door. Wait, takes for It's pretty amazing when you look at it. Prior to Schneider coming on as the owner of the Washington Redskins, they had, what, three championships, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Three championships, and he's been around for 24 years, and I think they've had a couple of playoff wins since. I mean, it's crazy. Crazy. Uh, Look it up real quick. Three Super Bowls, yep. In the 20 years prior to his takeover, he's been with the league 24 years, so in the equal amount of time, the Redskins have won two playoff games. I mean, pretty astonishing, uh, the success that they had, obviously under the great Joe Gibbs, and then Schneider comes along, and it is just a disaster in Washington, but hopefully no more. Hopefully, that colossal POS, as everybody said, is out the door. Don't be rude. Ah, uh, Don, what is he, a friend of yours? Stop, stop, stop. Anyway, the stories are uh, well documented, I guess, although maybe the details have not quite come out. Uh, we've talked about uh, on the podcast, at least I have. I don't know if I have with my brother, but uh, there is uh, friends, uh, a, a common friend who has shared stories of some of the uh, behind the scenes natures of the Redskins debauchery. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> some of it's pretty fucking nutty. So, um, but, you know, if you really dig into it, nobody, nobody knows what goes on behind the closed doors of anybody in the NFL. Coaches, owners, players. I mean, if you really wanted to dig deep, I am sure nobody would like anything that they find on anything related to the NFL. I mean, these players, come on. These kids are are 20-something coming out of college and then making millions and millions of dollars. And then they buy mansions now uh, with NDA NDA documents ready to go in the closet. Uh, And 
you know, as soon as those things are signed and that million dollar house is packed with people, who the hell knows what goes on? It, it's none of anybody's business. Now, obviously, I, it gets to be a little different with the Schneider situation because it ends up being a thematic issue that goes throughout the entire organization. So uh, obviously a little bit different. But the point being is that, you know, let's not start diving into every single little thing in the NFL because nobody's going to like what they see. But anyway, uh, Schneider is out. And how fast this changes because we talked about it on Wednesday and I – you know, it looked like it wasn't going to happen or you didn't know it was going to happen. It was up in the air. I mean, the story on Wednesday was Jeff Bezos was out. Now, obviously, the reason that Jeff Bezos was out because he must have had a hot lead on one of these other offers, and so Bezos pulls out, which is probably the origin of that story. So here we go. Here is the story. This This is how it starts going, right? Because earlier on Thursday, it's like, oh, there, you know, there's a – we got a live one here. We got something on the wire here, and it looked to be that, as we mentioned, Josh Harris, co-owner of the 76ers and the Devils, had a, a strong offer going that was going to be accepted. However, ESPN said, oh, wait, hold the phone. <laughs> ESPN said Canadian billionaire uh, Stephen – I'm not even going to try to know the name uh, – Apostolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopol
design. Uh, there's some rationale behind the design of doing the uh, fully financed but not signed deal to see if anybody else wanted a last second bid to get in there. Probably Steve A. Uh, to see if he would come in there and make a bid, but who, who the fuck knows. So anyway, um, ultimately, in the end, it ends up being a record, if I'm not mistaken, for uh a sports team being sold the uh, prior it's an NFL record because the prior NFL record was 4.65 billion and that was for the Broncos last year uh, led by the Walmart Walmart guy uh, Rob Walton uh, so anyway I guess the way that this works now is that that bid for six whatever billion uh, will get brought up at the league meetings which is end of April those are gonna be taking place in Minneapolis by the way and then I think there's a, a committee, hold on, I had it right here, an eight-member co- finance committee will examine the documents and then put it to vote to the other 31 owners. That is just uh, a that's just process at this point because it is going to get accepted. Uh, there is nothing to say that it won't. Along with uh, Harris, there are other people in this same group. Uh, in the group, uh, who else was there? There was a guy, uh, Mitchell Rails, a D.C. billionaire, and then also, as we mentioned yesterday, a Magic Johnson Hall of Famer. Uh, and so I, if you want to talk about how much these guys are worth, let's go into the new owners of the Washington Redskins. So out goes Schneider, and in comes Harris. So if you want to know a little bit about Harris, if you know about the greater uh, landscape of the economy, uh, you will know who he is because he is an individual, grew up in Maryland, but co-founded Apollo Management. Apollo Management is a just fucking Godzilla asset management firm. Uh, he did that in 1990. His net worth right now is $5.8 billion. As for his buddy uh, Mitchell Rails, I said a DC billionaire. Well, Rails' net worth is $5.5 billion. And then you got Johnson. I, you know, who the hell knows what Magic's worth? But I mean, he's in the hundreds of millions. I mean, he's not a billionaire, or maybe he is a billionaire. I, I haven't heard that, right? Uh, you know, who are the uh, the the entertainment and at athletic billionaires, right? Uh, Jay Z knocked him off in his one song, right? But there was Jay Z, Rihanna, uh, Dr. Dre from his headphone deal. Um, what do you, I think? LeBron, right? LeBron is in there too. Uh, Jordan, uh, maybe Johnson is in there. Johnson, obviously, he after he retired, he got involved with Magic Johnson Studios. I think he also got involved in Starbucks. Uh, I can't remember everything uh, that he got involved with, but he has knocked it out of the park. So kudos to my man, uh, to Magic Johnson, because growing up, uh, I was a huge Magic Johnson fan. I still am, uh, even though he's not great uh, in the media. He ended. He tried to be a media personality with the Magic Johnson show, and then he did the ESPN. I don't think he's doing the ESPN basketball anymore. I never watched the halftime or the pre-shows anyway, but he was up there for a while. Him, Jalen Rose, uh, Bill Simmons, right? It just really wasn't working out. If I remember the stories from listening to the BS podcast, I don't think that uh, Simmons was a huge fan after the fact once he left the ESPN. But whatever the case was, uh, Magic didn't turn out to be a good personality, but he was a phenomenal, phenomenal Entrepreneur, and congrats to you in getting yourself a piece of ownership for the Washington Redskins. 
uh, now former, formerly the Redskins. I, I did it. See, yesterday I was happy. I said the Commanders, and then today I end up saying Redskins. So whatever. Football team, Redskins, Commanders, uh, they will go to Harris's group, including Mr. Rails and Mr. Magic Johnson. So uh, let's see if there's any other goodies in this story that are worth noting. Obviously, the deal will include FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Uh, also, the team's practice facilities in Ashburn, Virginia. Um, and then we talked about Schneider before and how he just made out like a goddamn bandit. And if you're ready for this. It's about to get all stupid up in here. He purchased the Washington franchise in 99, May of 99, for, if you're ready for it, $800 million. <laughs> Eight hundred million, and he just sold it for six billion dollars. Billion with a B, B as in big fucking wallet. That's what you got now, there, sir. So uh, sold for or bought for eight hundred million, sold for six billion dollars. So I mean, that is a good return on your dollar. So and that that was part of some of the articles that I was reading yesterday was it's a win for the NFL and a win for Redskin fans, but it's a loss because uh, you know a billionaire gets super rich and you know, this asshole guy just made tons of money uh, by selling the team and he doesn't deserve it. it was, I mean, come on, doesn't deserve it. He bought the team for eight hundred million, and when he bought it for eight hundred million, I'm sure everybody was looking at him and being like, "You buying a fucking NFL team for eight hundred million dollars, you asshole?" I mean, he did turn out to be a really shitty owner, right? But I mean, come on, enough. The guy invested well and just made himself a cool five point four billion dollars or 5.2 billion or yeah 5.2 billion dollars right 800 minus the 6 billion is 5.2 billion so i mean i wish i could invest that well god damn it i wouldn't be doing a goddamn fucking podcast in my basement of my house that's for sure i would at least have a nicer basement uh but anyway uh so other than that there was stories left and right going on around this one uh, i read the ringer had an article where it touched on some of the what well, as they said a quick quote-unquote low right low light reel and they were funny some of the things that were that were mentioned here he was sued for he sued a decade decades long fan who tried to back out of a ticket renewal agreement i mean dude psls i researched them in 0809 when i worked at admit one in the city uh flipping tickets specifically focused on the jets ticket inventory and i did a research project on psls they're losers so kudos to the guy trying to back out and it's funny that schneider sued this guy who had owned the tickets for decades long and didn't want to be in the renewal agreement anymore so he is kind of a dick uh he also avoided a congressional subpoena oh this was awesome and i think again we might have mentioned this when it happened at the time but he got congressionally subpoenaed and then he said hey you know what i can't come because i'm on my yacht <laughs> On vacation, <laughs> just chilling. 
Oh, I mean, that guy who just went out on his super yacht and just was like, yeah, I'm over in Greece, I'm hanging out, and I can't come to Congress. That guy is a disgrace to the uniform. Well, not in that regard, Mike, because, I mean, if I had a super yacht, I would go out on it, too, and be like, you know what, I'll get back in touch with you when uh, when I get back into town. Uh, bankrupted Six Flags, whatever, Six Flags is still going, so who cares about that? You know, great Donald Trump bankrupts everything. Don't be rude. Oh, stop it, Donald. Uh, charge fans to attend training camp. Yeah, and again, shitty, but come on. I mean, the NFL is charging everybody for everything, so if he wants to charge for training camp, it was his team, all the power to him. Uh, they're going to jack up, everybody jacks up tickets every single year, regardless of how the team does. So let's not, uh, you know, be all high and mighty because Mr. Schneider decided to tra- charge fans for going to training camp. You know, it's a prerogative, it's a shitty thing, but I mean, his choice. Stadium is falling apart, man. I went to the stadium. God, I can't remember when the hell it was. I went with my father-in-law. Toto, what's up? Uh, I think it was around 08, 09, around that era. And we went, and uh, he knew somebody affiliated with the team. And so we got down on the field for a hot second. And then we also had, like, club passes. And, man, we were walking around that stadium, and I kept looking around, and I was like, holy shit, this place is falling apart. Just, like, chip paint. Everything looked fucking broken. And then the weird thing was they had this, I guess it was a cigar lounge, or maybe it was just, like, a bar lounge, but cigars were loud. I don't know it was specifically focused on cigar, but you walked into this place, and the goddamn thing stunk to high hell. And I was like, how the hell are you getting away with this in, like, the 2000s, whatever, 2008, whatever the hell it is, a full-on smoking cigars, cancer smoke just blasting around everywhere inside an NFL stadium. I mean, it was like, it was crazy. It was unheard of. But yeah, so the stadium was falling apart. Uh, and uh, he didn't fix it uh, because, you know, he, he didn't want to invest the money. He was trying to buy a new place, you know, a depreciating asset. Why the fuck am I going to put money into this? I am a smart businessman. I just made $5.2 billion, so I knew exactly what I was doing. So take my broken stadium. They, they were looking for a new one anyway. They couldn't get one. They wanted one closer to D.C. Nobody wanted to deal business with this guy because this guy was obviously just, uh, you know, uh, obviously a cancer to everything that he touched. And so nobody wanted to... Uh, be in business with Mr. Schneider. So was there anything else they noted there? No, there wasn't. So, and that's basically the lowdown on the commanders here. What happens to them at this point? Who knows? I would think that, you know, one of the things that is going to come uh, up immediately is the stadium. What are they going to do with that? They'll probably, I would imagine that this team now, you know, Harris, he owns the 76ers and the Devils, so he has been involved in the professional sports uh, environment for quite a while. And as an owner of other teams, he probably knows exactly what he wants to do. If there is a stadium deal to be had, it'll probably happen pretty quickly because it sounds like Schneider was trying to do it anyway. So people have talked about it. So whatever ideas were out there, they still exist. So I'm sure Harris is going to fire away and get stadium, the new stadium movement going, which you will see now how long it takes to build, who the hell knows, but I don't think it'll be that long should this sale go through, right? And that that uh, Mr. Steve, whatever, Canadian uh, Steve A, right? That's what we were calling him, doesn't come through and outbid him. But even if uh, the billionaire from Canada, Stevie, Stevie A, comes through, I whatever, the same thing will happen, right? Because the stadium needs to be redone. So, um, that big day for the NFL. As for how things 
move forward. They're going to keep this ship at least in the near term. They're pot committed to going on this year. Hopefully, uh, Steve or whatever, not Steve, but Harris will come in and trying to figure out whether or not this is the correct approach. Again, I don't think it is. But uh, at least for 2023, what are you going to do at this point? You're not going to get rid of Rivera. You're kind of pot committed to everything that you got going on. They're going to put Howell under center and hope that, um, you know, pulls out some kind of success for the team on the field. As for what happens in 24, that that's the bigger question. So, you know, stage one is going to be the approval of this owner. He's going to take the reins. They'll see what happens on the field this year and then take it from there. You could see a huge, colossal turnaround throughout the member club in the offseason. That is for sure. But who knows? Maybe if this year ends up having some kind of success, you will see them at least, uh, you know, let Rivera kind of close out. I don't think Sam Rivera is terrible. But uh, I, one of the funny things was is obviously when big stories like this hit, everybody in the brothers got to take, me included. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm an asshole too. Uh, so, but you go to ESPN, I can't, I can't help it. It's, it's like moths to a flame, right? I just, I hate, I can't stand ESPN and I go to ESPN anyway and I fire up ESPN and I, I get my girl, the great, Mina Kimes or Mia Kimes or Mina Kimes is spouting off. I, you know, if it's not Stephen A, they always just take this one person, right? And they take now it's Mina Kimes. Now Mina Kimes was actually just in the news because there was jerk offs up in Boston making jokes about greatest nips ever, right? Which I. I didn't even hear the bit, but I think they might have been talking about small beers, which used to be called nips. And then the one guy throws Mina Kimes in there, which I didn't even know, but I guess she's of, uh, you know, Korean descent. So, and that was his big joke. And obviously nobody laughed at that. And then he was, oh, sorry, wrong one. He was ex-nade. I don't know if he was fired. I think it was a producer. It wasn't even an on-air guy. But he at least got a suspension without pay. But anyway, I mean, Mina Kimes is oh, everywhere now. If you follow her on Twitter, and I did because again, I, and I know this is something innate in me. This is one of those when, when you self-analyze yourself on your own couch and you start looking up and, and you're like, you know what? What could I do better? Or what is wrong with me? The fact that I follow so much shit that I hate. There's something about that. There's definitely some kind of therapist out there that could be like, Rich, do you know why you do that? You do that because of this. You're fucking psycho. Uh, but anyway, I, and so Mina Kimes' Twitter is horrific. Because it, she just has the most obvious shit ever. And sometimes it's with like a little quippy, you know, comedic attempt. And it always falls flat. So she goes between being this like, oh, I'm a personality and media darling. And then she goes into it, her background. Uh, if you, We'll fill up the background here because without it, you won't really appreciate, you know, the next clip as you will. She went to Hale. Uh, she, she went to Hale. She went, what, what the hell is Hale? Hale University? You've never heard of it? Uh, it's the sister uh, university of Yale University. So you go to Yale. Graduates. She doesn't come on to the sports scene for a little bit, right? Because when she starts her career, she starts in business. Obviously, journalist from Yale. Are you going to go talk about sports? No, you end up talking about uh, business. And so... Uh, first position was at Fortune Small Business Magazine in 07. She goes on and on and on in the uh, in the business journalism environment. 
She ends up, uh, I don't know, one, oh, she joined Bloomberg News in 2013. And then eventually ESPN shoulder taps her in 2014 after she wrote an essay on Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr, is Tumblr still around? I don't even fucking know. Tumblr wasn't around. It probably still is. Probably got bought up by somebody else and is now part of Facebook or something. Who the hell knows? But anyway, uh, so she writes this essay on Tumblr and it was all about her him, her and her daddy and their experience being Seattle Seahawks fans. Oh, that's the other thing. She's a huge Seahawks fan. So if you don't know Mina Kimes, it, it, Seahawks, if you don't talk Seahawks, bring in Mina Kimes because she is the authority on Seahawks. Fox football. Why? Because ESPN says so. So anyway, she uh, races essay about her and her dad and their bond on on the Seahawks. And so ESPN shoulder taps her in 2014. Is like, hey, look, we love you, and we want to bring you on, right? So that was 10 years ago. So at that time, she's what 27, 20, all 27 years of her, and she gets 20 she shoulder tap brought in, and now she is the darling that she is. Who I, I mean, I think if you ask me. Next to Stephen A. Smith, the name that I hear the most is Mina Kimes for ESPN. Now, what's funny about this is that I wonder what would happen if Mina Kimes was a 250-pound behemoth, right, that wasn't attractive or skinny. I, I Like, I wonder if her looks was bad, if she would have been catered to the same way she has been her entire journalistic career, right? So, although that's, you know, that's never talked about because she didn't get any of this because she is, you know, a... In she's a fit, attractive woman, uh, you know, and attractive. That's your own decision. I'd say, you know, she's okay. I'm not my cup of tea, but I mean, she's not ugly. Um, but no, ugly. Rich, you're such a chauvinistic pig. You know, looks shouldn't have anything to do with it. No, no shit, they shouldn't. But how many times do you see a 250, 300 pound fucking person? on your TV screen, talk, talking to you about whatever. None, none. Unless it's actually like the red carpet thing because the e, 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 uh, television's red carpet thing is filled with, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, they just they fucking put anybody out there for that one. But yeah, you just don't see it. They're big, gigantic, fat, ugly people are not part of broadcasting and journalism. They're just not. Maybe paper journalism, right? When they don't even have to have a headshot. So anyway, as I was saying, uh, Mita Kimes is the darling child. So they go right to her, and they put her right on ESPN. And so let's let's just hear what the great Mina Kimes has to say about Mr. Schneider and the Washington Redskins. What does this mean for this organization to be able to take a step in a yeah, different come on, tell direction? Us, because you know. It is massive, not just for this team. Uh, and it's pause! Size queen! tortured fan base, but for the entire NFL. I mean, Laura, we're not talking about the turning of a page here. No, we're talking about the closing of a book that will go down as one of the most shameful records of any owner in any professional sport, as you laid out there with that timeline, which only touches on some of it. I mean, with Daniel Snyder, we're talking about Uh, an owner who oversaw... Okay, let's just be, you know, it's not just turning a page. It is the closing of a book. Because I can't just say things normally. I have to make them long and eloquent. I'd love to see her talk like this on Around the Horn. No, or, you know, with her Twitter feed. No, just here where it's, we're talking about something that's very serious with the expulsion of the Schneider family out of the NFL. Can you give us your deep thoughts? Jack Handy. I mean, Mina Kimes. And she comes in there and she's turning pages on 
books. And then also the shame. It's shame. Shame. Do you want to know what I think that we should do? Random girl who is uh, leading into me and my ability to speak on air for the next five minutes. Um, I think that we should shame him. And we should sh- and we should make him walk down the streets of D.C. And we should throw tomatoes at him. Because he's evil. At his very core, he's terrible. And he... Um, thank God that we have got him out of the NFL. And I did I say close this book? I meant close this Bible. This Bible that we've been suffering through. And this long uh, empire that he has run for so long. Alright, back. ...in Washington that was toxic and predatory. This is... Toxic and predatory. If you haven't heard any of these hot-button terms before, I'm going to use all of them here in this next two to five minutes. Widely reported on and investigated, who has been accused of directly facilitating that culture, who has been accused of sexual assault himself. He's a pimp and he's a rapist. By the way... Um, as well as reportedly harassing and intimidating witnesses and reporters. Have I not said enough bad things about him? I'll include more fucking harasser. Go, go, play. The owner who is currently facing federal investigations for some of these charges, as well as the financial misbehavior. Oh, federal charges on top of it. If it wasn't bad enough that he was uh, assaulted people and he was a rapist and he pimped girls out, uh, maybe even the hairdressers and the cheerleaders, that uh, he also is under congressional investigation for financial wrongdoing. As well as a new, new, not like another investigation from the NFL itself. And that is just one thing I do want to highlight, because even if this... Oh, hold on, stop. She wants to highlight it. ...sale does go through, and Daniel Snyder is no longer an NFL owner... That's gonna I happen. do think it is imperative that the NFL... Oh, imperative. There you go. That's a... That's a... ...finishes that investigation and releases it, because if they do care about transparency and some of the values that they've been espousing as they continue with this... Oh, espousing. ...investigation, releasing it becomes paramount in my mind. Oh! What does this mean Paramount. for this Paramount. Let's do it again. Let's, let's just finish this off here. And that is just one thing I do want to highlight, because even if the sale does go through mm-hmm. and Daniel Snyder is no longer an NFL owner... Now, she wants to highlight this. This is very important. This is very important because Mina Kimes says so. I do think it is imperative that the NFL finishes that investigation Big and words. releases it, because if they do care about transparency and some of the values that they've been espousing as they continue with this investigation, Big words. releasing it becomes paramount in my mind. What does this mean for this organization? Stop, stop playing already. Jesus Christ, bitch. Hit the stop button. Yeah, so there you go. Mina Kimes thinks it's paramount that regardless of him being thrown out the door, that the NFL released their investigation and the details of said investigation to the general public because she believes that transparency is paramount. Come on. Let's let's just be honest here. The NFL wants this goddamn thing to go away. And if they're going to basically look, if fucking Schneider's out of here, we got rid of him, everybody should be happy. Let's not go into all this shit because we don't really want to talk about everything that we found in this goddamn investigation. Just like we don't want to go and investigate every single NFL player that exists and everything that they do at their... Mil- mansions on a said Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday night with whoever it is they have in there. 
because guess what? It's not good things, right? So if you want, if you think it is paramount that we have transparency across the NFL, uh, you know, and the NFL is espousing, espousing? Uh, did I use that word right? It's espousing their uh, interest in, um, I don't even know. She said something espousing, whatever, and I just fucked. I didn't go to Yale, so I went to Wake Forest, so I'm, I'm not quite up there. Uh, but anyway, I, you know, let's not get into it, right? Because you want to be honest about this stuff. You want to go in the NFL and you want to investigate Schneider and you want this whole investigation to be public, then go out after that and investigate every single person involved in the NFL. And there was, what, year, year and change ago, two years ago, whenever the John Gruden thing came out. I wrote this big, huge, long thing about John Gruden. Oh, shit. I actually have it right here. And uh, I was going to do this as a, a solo pod. And it, the whole thing was basically focused. Man, this was long. This was one, two, three, four. Fuck. Uh, it was pages and pages and pages. And uh, it was all about Gruden and how it was complete bullshit how they railroaded that guy without railroading everybody else that could have been involved uh, or had the same thing done uh, behind closed doors. Um, and not that his comments uh, weren't wrong. Of course they were. And let's be honest, you know, he tried to spin it the best that he could. But, I mean, he just <laughs> threw out racist comments about Demarcus Smith uh, and then tried to, I don't know, he did something about Michelin tires, and then he tried to spin it off as rubber, the rubber lips, it's something I always said about people, whatever. But the point of what I was saying here and how it relates to what I'm talking about with Mina Kimes is that the whole thing that I wrote was specifically about what a joke it would be to single out one single person that said something privately to somebody without going into and investigating every single individual throughout the NFL. Because if you were to do that and you were to go into the private text messages and emails that go around the league and you were to see what these owners and GMs and players and everybody else was saying, I, there would be no league. There would be no league. There would be no professional sports if you applied that across the board. Because, you know, people suck. They say nasty shit. That's that's the way that it is. So, obviously, the Gruden thing came up because, if those that don't know, it came up in the Schneider investigation, if I'm not mistaken. So, within the Schneider investigation, they came across these Gruden emails and then publicized those. So, and then Gruden, it's got a lawsuit going, I think, against the NFL, or undue, undue pride, or whatever it is, something unjust. And, but to his point, and then in my thing, I made a, a relation to Jimmy the Greek Snyder, because that same thing happened to Schneider. He got completely screwed because he was all drunk at some kind of cafe and had a random reporter who saw him and hit him up in the middle of his drunken afternoon lunch session. I think it was around Martin Luther King Day, maybe it was. I don't know. You'd have to look it up uh, on Google to see what it was. But it was some kind of holiday, which and they saw Jimmy the Greek, and he obviously even thrown a couple of back. I, not that I know, but I, I would assume, hearing him talk, 
And uh, he that was when he mentioned the whole, uh, you know, s- slave owners breeding slaves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it ended his career, right? And it was this guy that had been around for decades and had made a personality out of himself for being basically a gambler, right? Because he was a gambler in nature, and that's where he came up. And he was on CBS, giving, you know, and he was doing, he was basically doing gambling when you couldn't do gambling, and he was doing it, you know, in a means that was acceptable. But he became himself a celebrity, gold chains, the whole nine. I think he did shit commercials or maybe Gillette commercials, whatever it was. But Jimmy the Greek was everywhere. And then this random fucking reporter hit him at the wrong time with a couple of beers in him and got him outside of, you know, that that guy got dressed up, went on camera and gave everybody what they wanted, right? And, and who cares what happens after that? You know, like, I, it, there, I don't know, there just wasn't requirements to go into everybody's past and make sure that, and vet everybody to make sure that they were good people because fucking going back in time, they just weren't. Right. I mean, look at all the controversies you've had with broadcasters in the recent past. Uh, They end up just being dirtballs. And I mean, that's just celebrities. They're just people like you don't know what happens when you get a ton of money. But anyway, they caught Jimmy the Greek. Jimmy the Greek was out. That was it. He, you know, that ended his career and he never got another job, never got another crack at it. I think he ended up, uh, you know, he ended up just being I don't know about broke, but I mean, his life just ended. Uh, they think they did a 40, uh, 30 for 30 about him too. And it just kind of ruined him because, and if you talk to people, like he, he wasn't an over racist. He just said stupid shit. And I think one of the quotes was that like, Jimmy just thought he was super smart about everything. And so if you got him talking, he just wouldn't know when to stop. And, you know, at, at this one random luncheonette, he got caught and that was the end of it. But, um, should that have even been aired? It was my question. And what I was talking about in this never aired podcast that I wrote out was maybe it should just never have aired, right? Like that guy should have been like, you know what? I'm going to end this guy's career if I air this. And is this really new, no, newsworthy? Like this guy just said this stupid ass shit. It's kind of racist in nature, but ultimately, like, what does he do? He goes on the NFL, CBS, NFL on CBS, and he does his little gambling bit. You know, he pops up here and there. And, like, I just don't know about Maybe I just caught him at the wrong time. Maybe I just shouldn't air this. You know what? Uh, just 86 that video. I, I just I don't want to air it. It's, it's going to end his career, and I, I don't know enough about the guy to know if that is, uh, yeah, that is really him or he was just, saying stupid shit, maybe he's intoxicated, I don't know, but we're just going to 86 it. That's probably what should have happened. Now, the Gruden thing is a little bit different, obviously, because it comes up in an investigation, uh, but it did get leaked, right? So that didn't, if I'm I'm not chopping the story up, that didn't just come out of nowhere. Like That ended up, somebody leaked that to the press. They didn't leak the rest of the investigation, but they leaked that, and that's what ended Gruden's thing. Now, Gruden had a career in the NFL that spanned decades, right? And I know that there were people that came out, I think Keyshawn Johnson came out and said specifically, like, I don't like that fucking guy. I never did. I told everybody he was a piece of shit. But I don't know. I It wasn't something that you had heard before this. Maybe Keyshawn did because Keyshawn had specific problems in Tampa Bay with him, but it wasn't something that you had heard said about Gruden on the whole. And you would think that if a coach 
former Monday Night Football broadcaster, was such a blatant, overt racist. He never would have gotten to where he was. But this one email caught him, and it got leaked out, and that was the end of that. And, you know, my point of uh, what I was trying to say in this podcast was just like, let's not all sit, you know, in our glass house here and throw stones and go into, you know, everybody's private emails and text messages. Because if we were to do that across the board in sports, like I just said, it would be a really ugly result. And so here, as it applies to Schneider, you know, enough. Enough, Mia Kimes. Yeah. The guy was a shithead. Everybody knows it. He's out. So let's just get rid of this story and move on. Right? And for the NFL's investigation, they might be forced to come public with it because they made it uh, such a focal point, but everybody knows about it. So they might be held to put it out there by public, uh, you know, by public force, uh, not not by le- I don't know, legally they might. Well, you know, legally maybe they they could be forced to uh, publicize it because, you know, the whole antitrust thing and the broadcasting, that whole thing. I don't know. I'm not going to get into the legal thing. I'll I'll let Mike Florio do that. But uh, I would imagine that they just try to get rid of it. And I don't think it's a big deal if they do. Because the point of the whole thing was to go into Schneider. Schneider is now out, so who the fuck cares? And that's it. And, uh, you know... As to what was in that investigation, I'm sure a lot of bad shit because the reality is a lot of bad shit is everywhere in the NFL. But what the hell do we care? Because we sit there and we watch football on a Sunday. And that's what we are and that's what they are. They're putting their bodies on the line. They're risking paralysis, heart attacks, broken bones, CTE, everything else. And so we watch that and we accept all those ills that those people could or will experience down the road. And for our enjoyment. So now are we going to sit here and we're also going to want to go into their private lives and make sure that they're good, upfront, standing citizens? I mean, stop. 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 Stop it. It doesn't make any kind of sense. But anyway, so that's it for today. Uh, I will be back. We'll end up the week on a Friday. We have finally made it. So one full week of doing these these shows. This one ended up being 40 minutes. I, I said I was going to make these things 15 to 15 to 20 minutes. I went off 40 minutes here. I think it was 30 minutes before I hit the meeting times, and then that went on another. But anyway, so Audi, talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.